All right, hey guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 236. I'm your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. There he is. Uh, this is one of our uh, Better Late Than Never episodes. We're taking a look at the film Galaxy Quest, which I was just told is 23 years old, which is bending my brain just a little bit. Um, we are we're also brought to you uh, by Jackass Forever, now on DVD. More about that later in the podcast. Um, before we get started, we want to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Please try and leave a five-star rating or even a review. We'd really appreciate that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at 3 Drinks in Pod. You can like us on Facebook. You can email us at 3DrinksInPodcast at gmail.com. And lastly, don't forget to check out our merchandise store over there at tpublic.com for all your 3 Drinks in Podcast merchandise needs. All right. So, I can't recall when we did a Better Late Than Never, so it's Better Late Than Never that we're doing a Better Late Than Never. It's been a while. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'd never seen Galaxy Quest. Yeah. I remember you telling that. <laughs> Which is sort of like, I don't know how I would have missed that. It, it, you know, I was, I think, I guess, 17 when this film came out. 18. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't know what it was. Yeah, like I wasn't like I I imagine some Star Trek fans were perhaps put off by it a little bit, like you know they're making fun of us or you know this that and the other thing. But um, I don't know. I didn't I didn't quite feel that way. Like I I, I was like oh that's that's Tim Allen. It's the guy from Home Home Improvement. You know, like it's yeah, he was like the Home it, Improvement guy. It, it didn't throw me off though, like what they were doing, and it was I don't know, just totally. I don't know. I can't recall why. Get granted, a lot's happened since then. I, it's kind of clouded by memory, but right. Well, you were graduating high school then, so you were busy. I guess so. It's technically true. Yeah. But um, and I, I only caught it when it was on HBO, and I sat mm-hmm. and watched it. You know, because that was when like they'd show one movie straight for like a week, and then you wouldn't see it again, and then it would be on like five months later again. So I saw it on there, and. Um, but I didn't see it in theaters either. I was only fourteen, so right. <laughs> I was young. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out like when did Star Trek Generations come out? I'm... Oh, Generations. Ninety four. Okay, it's like I'm. I'm trying to think like what was on the Star Trek because this is not like a sci-fi movie. It's very deliberately a Star Trek sort of spoof, or it's a comment on on Star Trek and Star Trek fandom, and so. At that point, you know, we you know we were in the midst of, I mean, what I would call, I don't know if you would call it a renaissance or like the golden age, but I think golden age is pretty solid. Like, I mean, so Next Generation comes on in 89, 88, 89, I forget. 89, it yeah, runs for I seven would, years. It's for seven years. 97 is when you get DS9. Or ninety four. No, ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this is the golden age of. Well, this of, came out in ninety nine. Yeah. So like you know you've you're transitioning out of the good years of next gen into the great years of um, DS nine. You're starting off with Voyager, which was very promising. It was, you know, it was like in the middle of its third season at, at that point. You know, they they probably brought on seven of nine. You know, I'm just. 
but like that's the kind of time frame for him for like you you really couldn't do better than this. There was just a lot of Star Trek happening or had just happened. And so, you know, it was on in syndication. It was on in reruns. And there were two shows running at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, DS9 now there are, never... there, there are like nine of them now, but they're all trash. But they're all terrible. You know? Terrible. And like, say, say what you want about the new ones, but they have polarized the fan base. I think. I think that you've got basically three camps of Star Trek fans at this point. You have the people like us who don't like it because it's bad. There are those that love it because they like anything labeled Star Trek. And there are those who really want to like it but secretly don't and still watch it because they, they feel like they're getting some kind of some kind of like drug hit, but really it's just methadone and it's not doing it. It's, 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 not, that, it's not that sweet, sweet black tar heroin. Yeah. It's not the good stuff. Yeah. And what's funny is like Colombian whites. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so like if, if the, if the mid to late nineties was like the, the heyday for, for for Star Trek as a TV franchise, you had you know at some point I guess three shows running at once or almost overlapping three at a time. Yeah, pretty much constantly. Yeah, and like, like maybe it was two years ago, a year ago, like we you began to like, and it's happening with Voyager now, where like you you you're getting like this kind of retrospective look at. DS9 when they're coming, you know, this show is kind of ahead of its time. And they're doing they're trying to do the same thing with Voyager now because of the, the whole lady captain thing. Um which is a weaker argument than saying that the show is actually better than we give it credit for because it was better written and better performed. Um but it's you know, it's there there was still I I I still do think that, you know, Kate Mulgrew was a really great actress in that role. We didn't really Oh yeah, she was fantastic. Like, like I feel like we we've kind of undersold her over over all these years of podcasting about Star Trek, but she was really great. Like the more I think about it, of all the actors on that show, you know, she, her and you know Bob Zimmerman were probably the, the the two best, and Tim Russ I think was 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 really good too, and uh, and Jerry Ryan. But like really, if if she hadn't been so inconsistently written, I think she'd be up there. You know, with uh, with you know, with Patrick Stewart and Avery Brooks, as really kind of, you know, you know, just a very solid performance. It just she she was handicapped by the writing. Yeah, uh, I think we've said that before. I mean, there really aren't very many Star Trek actors and actresses that weren't good at what they were doing. They were just doing what they were told. So, yeah. you, you know, I I've never credited crap episodes of star trek to being like these people can't act you know i mean if you've ever watched a soap opera those people really can't act <laughs> so, you know when you watch star trek you're like, here here's a group of people giving it their all despite the silliness i mean in the back of their minds they must think sometimes like this is really stupid this, this is like really goofy stuff i'm doing for a paycheck i was leer you know but like <laughs> They're they're really trying. They they don't punch the a time card, you know. So like, 
you got to give it to them for that because yeah. everybody always teases these shows that they were, you know, poorly made and badly acted and the music was bad. And like, yes, that's true for a lot of the original Star Trek, which is what this movie spoofs. But in the 90s, you know, you wanted to do a good job because at that point they had proven track records. Like if you get a Star Trek pilot, you're getting seven years. You won't have to work again after this. You know, the syndication rights alone are going to keep you busy with paychecks. You know, and uh, even if it wasn't like, you know, a giant payday, it, it was, I mean, the smart ones, the Jonathan Frakes, yeah, the, 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 yeah. The, yeah, the, the, the Roxanne Dawson's, the, uh, uh, Bobby McNeil's, they took it and went like, okay, I want to have a career in show business. I'm probably not going to be Tom Cruise. So what else can work. I do? And they became directors. And, you know, sure. so then a lot of them, you know, we be, became more involved with theater, like Armin Shimmerman in um, L.A. because they didn't have to, you know, the, the house was paid off. They could do other things now. Like they could. You know, they they had some flexibility in what they chose to do with with their time. Um, anyway, but this is you know this is this is by way of saying that this movie sort of sort of hits right as Voyager's beginning its third season. You've got a lot of Star Trek, and it's good, and people are going to quibble about a few things here and there, but it's not nearly as polarized as it is now, where you have. What do you have now? You've got Discovery, you've got Picard, you've got the Lower Decks, you've got an upcoming Anson Mount vehicle with him as Captain Pike. There's like a kids show too with Kate Mulgrew now, another cartoon, but but that one's aimed at children. So that's five. That's like five Star Trek shows, right? Yeah, and it's... I mean, and they're already watering it down in terms of like what it is and... Like you and I have have discussed the new stuff at, at length, and I complain that it's not really Star Trek, and I I say that in the sense that like I don't, not that it doesn't look or sound or you know it's not a carbon copy of, of what was, but there's you know there's a certain amount of style that is just unique to Star Trek, and to a few other things. Um, Although you can't be unique to more than one thing, but you get you get what I'm saying. Like there's something that is sort of ineffable or you know specific to this that they're not doing now, and it makes it seem like they're just taking some schlocky bit of nonsense and slapping the name on it because they they feel they have they they've got a built-in fan base, and I find that insulting <laughs> because they're trying to go. You're an idiot who's liked garbage for years. So you know so so says me the the Hollywood producer. You'll watch anything. As long, we'll just call it the thing that that you like, and that's obnoxious. Yeah, I always I was thinking that sign, uh, Simpsons when Bart has the stupid line and they put him on the Krusty the Clown show, and Krusty introduces him. He's like, and now the moment you've been waiting for, like the salivating dogs that you are. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, yeah, that's right. There's there's someone out there just like it's got Patrick Stewart in it, so I'm gonna watch it. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, no, I see it on I see it on Twitter. That's where that's where all the worst stuff is 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 on Twitter. And I'll put on Twitter, and I'll and Twitter's doing this annoying thing now, where like if I've ever used a hashtag or if I've ever tweeted about something, and I almost never tweet, but it um it will then send me recommend 
recommended tweets, which might be the worst phrase in the history of the, of the human race. This is a recommended tweet. We think you should see this. <laughs> this might be important to you. And so, and it's, it's it'll, it'll give you like, you'll say like topic, you know, sports, topic, baseball or Yankees or topic, Star Trek. And it'll have someone's like a tweet that I can't believe I'm, I'm reading. Like we went to that convention, which we cite all the time. And we say like, wow, I can't believe the lengths that some of you people go. Like I will never forget standing online and waiting for autographs and turn around. And there's a family of four all dressed up in different uniforms. And, it's like fools like what what are you guys like is one of you just being suckered into this like are you all really big fans or it's just just them just just mom and dad and they brought you along for the ride but they weren't like little kids they were teenagers yeah and i Uh... i I couldn't get my head around it i you know i just couldn't so but those people whatever they said about what they were doing even if it was kind of goofy and silly it was always kind of earnest because it because it was grounded in something that to them was truthful and it was entertaining and it was fun but these new shows are none of those things they're just sort of like mindless nostalgia bait cash grabs and when i see people tweeting so positively like i can't wait for the next episode of picard to come out i'm like but where did your self-respect go? Like, I mean, like if you would, if if, you, if they had been tweeting about, you know, well, hang on, Jeffrey's tube thirty-seven can't be, you know, connected to junction four twelve because of the induction matrix that runs right through there. This 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 blueprint is nonsense. Like that to me <laughs> is a more plausible complaint to make or thing to say than. I can't wait for the next episode of Picard. I believe the first one before I believe the last one. And and I and I think and Galaxy Quest get which we'll get to in more detail in a minute gets to this right away is that like the great thing about Star Trek was that it felt like it was real. And I have no idea why. And I think it just had to do with the fact that everything was laid out for you. There was no subtext. There was no sort of like innuendo. There was like playful back and forth, and then not everything was spelled out. But for the most part, it read like Shakespeare, where there was no subtext. It was just everything's on the page. Everyone spoke in complete sentences. There was big thoughts and ideas. It was overdramatic, but not necessarily ridiculous. Well, it was... It was written well, so I, the, the Red Letter Media guys, they're being for, they're not being forced. Everybody who watches those guys know they're really big Star Trek fans, and they the two guys don't want to watch the new Star Treks because they're terrible. And so they said, like, the fan outcry was like, please watch them. We, we find it funny when you make fun of these shows. So they're hate-watching this new season of Picard. <laughs> And like every time the tile screen comes on, it's like, I wish I was in my grave. And like, why do we do this to ourselves? And it's like, that's like, it's like that's the intro. And they're saying like, and he made a good point. I mean, I'm not watching this season of Picard either because the first season was so horrendously terrible. And I was like, well, this is a waste of time. But they were watching it. And he says, 
the bigger guy, Mike, he said like, this moment came and it was so small that I hated so much. I had to write it down immediately. Seven of nine, who's in that show for some reason. And one of the other characters, they walk in and they're looking for something because they scan it with the tricorder and they can't find what they're looking for. And the, the black woman says to seven of nine, did you look at the tricorder correctly? Well, I know how to read a tricorder. And they're like bickering about what to do. And he said, he goes, first of all, I mean, it's terrible dialogue, but also that's, it's badly manufactured drama. He goes, all I could think of was scenes from like the next generation or DS9 where the characters would look at each other and trust one another that they know what they're doing. You know, here's another competent adult standing next to me and I can ask them a serious question and say, did we get this right? Is this where we're going? Yes, this is what we're doing. He goes, but they didn't do that because it's badly written to make it look like they're like, they have some sort of animosity and they don't trust one. Because this is not how people talk. This is not what would happen. It doesn't feel real. Yeah. And that's one of a million different examples that added up together where you sit there and go, no logical person would behave this way. <laughs> this is more realistic on love is blind on Netflix. Like <laughs> people, people don't act that way out of their own interests. It's just, it's just bad writing because we just need to have, quote-unquote drama filling the screen yeah you know and there was a little bit of that kind of i think enterprise got away with that kind of dialogue a little bit more modern a little bit more sort of you know current tv style but i think it worked better there when they used it because it was done sparingly and it was done with specific characters in mind like not every character did that like the you know the the gr- the grumpy tactical officer the british guy he would second guess people and he would you know like it was part of his personality and it was also a show that took place a little earlier on so like you kind of get a sense as to what people behaved like before all the spit and polish and like the luxury liner setting that you find yourself in in next generation where the you know they were in a submarine for god's sakes in uh, enterprise it was very different. Right. So, like tensions were high. Like there was that great scene, that great um, episode where um, the 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 marine ca- ca- captain and uh, and Malcolm they like they get into like a fist fight because they because they can't stand each other. Like actual tension on set in a very you know, but like that was all in furtherance of a story. But yeah, like two 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 people right. just just having a minor argument over over like, did you look at that correctly? Is just stupid. You're right. And it's stupid. So anyway, Galaxy Quest. What did you think of this one? This is hysterical. Like, this is a great movie. It's not, you know, it's not complex. It's not high minded. Um, but it it's able to accomplish something that I, I think is deceptively simple. Like it's a little, it, 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 it's a lot harder than it looks in, in that they have to make fun of something while pointing out how valuable it is all at the same time. And, the, you know, and that's really hard to do. So for those of you who, like me, had never seen Galaxy Quest, it is about a fictional TV show called Galaxy Quest and the actors that, uh, we're on that show. I think in the in the eighties, like the the yeah, whole thing in the beginning the has like Tim Allen, Tim Allen's big fro, yeah, his like uh, mullet wig. hair. 
Yeah. The little kid at the helm, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a very clear Star Trek ripoff where it takes a little bit from both um, the original series and Next Generation. You know, you have your swaggering Captain Handsome guy who whose shirt falls off sometimes, and you have your alien guy who's kind of weird, and uh, and then like the kid played by the the guy from Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm-hmm. Before his horrible car accident, where you know, I think he was paralyzed after that. Yeah, he's in a wheelchair yeah. now. That guy. I forget the actor's name. He's very funny. Um, but yeah, so it's about them, and they, you know, they're basically has beens. They do conventions, and they do, um, you know, like appliance store openings, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And grab Thor's hammer. What a savings! <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and it turns out that some species of aliens, thousands of light years away, has come across their TV show, which is broadcasted into space, and they've taken that to be historical documents, and they've modeled their entire society off of this TV show. And why no one thought to do this sooner it's really amazing because like it's exactly what people do but like what if it were real and that's what happens they go on an actual adventure it's mimics all you know almost everything about the tv shows that we're used to you know there's there's space battles there's away missions there's you know you know drama and excitement and action and monsters and it's just it's just an episode of star trek if you took the actors and made them do it, like it's hilarious, and I don't know why I slept on this for the for the better end of two decades, but oh yeah, no, here we are, and like it it had a cult following in, in as much as you could have in the early two thousands because like I would hear people say things like you know never give up, never surrender, and by grab Dar's hammer, and I'd be like, oh yeah, I saw that movie, it was funny, I did enjoy that, but like it was certainly never like really popular. You know, I mean, aside from, I mean, it has a, a few, it has some really good actors, but Tim Allen is the lead. So like he wasn't super popular, certainly not for movies, you know, beyond the, the, the Santa Claus. And like a lot of that, of the jokes are a little, you know, they're reliant on Star Trek. It's, yeah. it's funnier if you know everything about Star Trek. So nobody would ever admit to that. <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, it was kind of just like if you happened to catch it, you thought it was great, and if you didn't, it was no skin off your nose. You know, nobody cared. Yeah, but yeah. like, and, and I think too, like, I mean, yeah, the, so, some of the jokes worked better if if you were a Star Trek fan, but not necessarily. Like, everyone's familiar with the concept of the Trekkie. Like everyone, you know, kind of understands, or they, at least they think they do. There's a popular culture image in your head of what the Trekkie is, um, and so you don't really need to know the show to find humor in, you know, making fun of the nerds who are really into it. Yeah, I I think that's what I meant more. It, it's if you know Star Trek, it's funny. If you know all the Star Trek cliches, it's also funny. You yeah. know. The, the fat nerd, the geek who knows, like, you know, the blueprints of the ship and that sort of thing. I mean, those, the broad strokes are what they're really teasing, you know? Yeah, and the tropes of the characters. So, like, right. you know, the fact that, he, that his shirt falls off and that he's, that, that he's 
you know, constantly upstaging people and, you know, the guy who, who used to play Shakespeare, the woman whose breasts are, you know, Sigourney Weaver's boobs hanging out everywhere. Like, she gets more and more naked as, as the movie progresses, if you notice. She starts <laughs> off pretty buttoned up, and by the end of it, she's basically in a she's, bikini. Yeah, she's in a bikini top. Yeah. And, um, and then, and of course, the guy who always gets killed, like, you know. That, oh, my God. Well, yeah. I mean, I remember watching it the first time, and, and I was like, that is very clever. Yeah. That, that he's like, oh, I was in, you know, episode 81 where I got killed. And then when he gets beamed on the ship the whole time, he's like, that's it. I'm next. I'm going to bite it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not just, supposed to be here. <laughs> he's terrified for himself for the entire movie. And you think you're waiting for him to die. You know? they're, yeah. They're all just expecting him to, like, you know, his name is Guy. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it's really <laughs> funny. Yeah, um, and th- I mean, look. So, and the the cast here is kind of ridiculous. Like, if you look at all the people in this movie, you you have Sam Rockwell, young Sam Rockwell, um, who's I think won an Oscar since then. Like, I think so. Yeah, I think for um, three three for three bill three billboards over, um. Epic Missouri, whatever that movie was called, I think he was he's, oh, he's nominated yeah. for that. Um, he's also a phenomenal actor. Um, but all your mainstay people: Tony Shalhoub, Rain Wilson. Did you catch Rain Wilson? I did. Um, there's another guy too. The guy who dies. The the Fremen. Is, it, is that what the name is? Fremen or no? That's that. That's from Dune. No, that's. Um, Dune. I'm getting my signs like, whatever. They're the Maybe good. The good aliens. Enrico Calantoni, right? He's like well, the him, alien guy. Yeah, who I always thought was a really good actor. He was really a TV actor. Like this movie is a real weird combination of ridiculously famous people like Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman, who were like pretty big movie stars. Sigourney Weaver for sure. Um, mm-hmm. and then a butt ton like of Missy Pyle. T- <laughs> yeah, and Missy Pyle, yeah, and like, you oh, know, okay. and the guy who plays the. The the alien who 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 dies and I oh, can't yeah I can't remember yeah. his name yeah like there like there there are just a whole bunch of really prolific TV actors and Sigourney Weaver got to be in this movie like it's hilarious uh, yeah um yeah so it, it, I I always thought it was funny and um you know it's only like an hour and a half it just moves right along it oh just as long too seriously. Too. Justin Long, it's that, Justin yeah, Long's first like movie. The, the the head nerd, yeah, of the whole bunch. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's fun. So, I mean, the the other thing too that's sort of like, what's sort of great about it is that it it it's incredibly sweet in a way. Like it does the thing for all the, you know it. It's kind of what all the fans want to have happen to all of the actors, you know, in a way. Like, as fans, we always kind of, like, the nerdy, the, the real dis- disconnected nerdy fans, we look at them and we say, well, okay, they, they don't know that the actors don't love the show as much as they do. And they kind of assume that, like, the actors have a relationship with their characters that transcends, you know, the business of be, of of being an actor on TV, and like they 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 really have a love for it that the um that that the fans do, and they don't, like for the most part, it's just a job, and it's 
because of the nature of it and the fact that it was kind of an underground thing for a long time, you know, it was so niche that you could have conventions where you would literally meet the actors. No other TV show really has this. Comic books have this, but like, again, super niche. Now it's not. It's taken over and become the whole thing. But like, you know, the the fans really want the actors to love the show as much as the actors do to validate their own interest in it. This movie sort of gives the fan an idea of what that would be like if if their actors really did both get to go on the adventure and see what it meant to somebody else and internally, you know, what that meant to to them. And the, so there's a great story. I think it was... Uh, who played Scotty? James Doohan, that was his name? James Doohan. Yeah, like James Doohan told a story in one of these documentaries I've seen over the years where he'd gotten a letter from a fan who was suicidal. And she said, like, things are not going well. I'm thinking about ending my life. And I think he wrote back to her or he had some connection with this person or he begged her not to do that. And then he talked about how the next convention he did, she was there, and they met. And he's openly weeping, telling this story to the camera. And I'm thinking to myself, like, those are the moments that, you know, the actors can really appreciate the the kind of impact they have on people. And most times, you're right, it's the guy getting, like, you know, the, the stupid nerdy tech questions about, the ship and the phasers and the what have you but sometimes it's just like you know this is you know this is what gets me through every day is watching the show and looking at the messages that are being portrayed in it and finding meaning in that and here and here in this movie you have an entire culture who's you know you know designed itself around these ideals which are good i mean that's the wonderful thing about star trek is that like it's, it's all about being nice and learning stuff. That's what Star Trek is really about. Go out and be nice to people. And there's a little bit of difference, I think, between the original series and the later series about what that really means. In the original series, it was like, teach other people how to behave. You know, recognize that, you know, we, we humans do things the right way and aliens are kind of nuts. And in the future, it was just like, you got to be more accepting of other cultures because you, you don't quite, you know, it's, it's more complicated than that. But that's just gist of it. It's all good stuff. And then also, let's, let's learn and expand our minds. This means a lot to a lot of people. And so the, this movie seemed to be, a, you know, a, an opportunity to p- put a, you know, a fictional cast of actors through this experience so they could get, gain a sense of, of appreciation for a thing that they've clearly lost. You know, at the beginning of the movie, they're all like miserable in like the dressing room of of the convention, waiting for Tim Allen to show up. And you know, how Rickman looks at this at the, at the mayor. I played King Richard the Third. Yeah, it was Richard the Third. Five minute standing ovations. Like <laughs> I will never say that line again. You know, like oh yeah. All right, now a quick word from our sponsor. Bring home Jackass Forever today on digital. Johnny Knoxville and the gang are back with new friends and celebrity guest stars for the most hilarious, outrageous pranks and dangerous stunts ever. Grab your friends and get ready to laugh until it hurts. Don't miss a moment of the action and keep the good times rolling with bonus, never-before-seen stunts included when you buy on digital. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. 
And now back to the show. I do wonder, though, I mean, it's always tricky because you don't want to insult them. But, you know, how, you know, how the fans come across in this, it's always tricky to, to poke fun at people, but you still want them to like you and pay money to see your movie. You know, I, I, a lot of the fans don't come across well in this, you know, they're, they're taken as, as nerdy suckers for some of it, you know, they're, and like Justin Long and his nerdy friends are not looked at as like productive teenagers. Like at one point when he goes outside with all the fireworks, he's like, I got to get the fireworks to, you know, so I can show them where to land with their spacecraft. And his parents look at him like, well, at least he's outside. Like they don't take him seriously. They think he's stupid. Did you catch who his mom was? Yes. Yes. Susan from Seinfeld. You know, and like everyone at the the conventions where they're at, you know, dressed up and wearing the t-shirts and, it was funny how all the women were like hoping that Tim Allen would make out with Sigourney Weaver because on the show they had a flirtation, whereas in person, like they couldn't really stand each other, you yeah. know, like, like the fans are, are kind of looked at as a little delusional. Yeah. And I, I There's think always that element to it. I mean, I think also, so, so the Justin Long character sort of serves as an avatar for all of them, he's the he's the king of the nerds, and you know the um, the Tim Allen character. You know the whole thing is that he blows him off in the beginning. He's having a bad day, and you know that's when he meets the aliens and finds that everything is real. And so he he can use this guy um, and, and ask him for help at the end to figure out how to how to get through the whole thing. So. In that regard, the relationship between the, the 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 Tim Allen character is and the fan is repaired by the end, and he has a newfound respect for this for this one fan. And you know, when they land their crazy ship in the middle of that convention, and they all get out, and they and they 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 really do appreciate the cheers that the fans give them at the uh, at the end of the movie, and to the point where they actually start like you know a reboot of the franchise, and that's the, that's the final scene of the movie is them doing the whole like weird like 80s like thumbs up at the camera sort of like opening title sequence but um yeah they, they kind of like get their careers back on track with this newfound appreciation for what they do yeah but i think overall you're 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 right in that like the majority of the fans and even justin long's character while he is useful to them is also like they're not portrayed as you know, and they're as as being very, you know, they're not they're not portrayed positively. And the alien yeah. guys, they're yeah. they're they're designed to look like nerds, even though that's not quite what they are. I mean, yeah, I mean, some of it is that it's goofy because they're supposed to be aliens that look like giant squids, but they have yeah. like little things on them that make them look like people. You know, but, but they're awkward and they speak strangely and they stand out, you know, they have bowl cuts, you know, they, they look like giant dorks themselves. And it's telling that, you know, the big dramatic moment is the aliens don't understand the concept of lying. And they don't understand the concept of acting. So the Fiction. villain forces Tim Allen to like explain to him, like he's a kid 
who they really are because they look up to them as heroes and he's like we're just actors and he like breaks the poor guy's heart and at the end when he walks in and he's like you know on the mend from his, his assault the alien's like good job you know lying about everything like he still doesn't understand that they're not really space heroes and justin long's character is the same way tim tim allen blows them off and tells them it's just a damn show get get a life you nerds and they look at him and go well that wasn't that didn't go well we'll get him next time yeah. you know like they never lose faith and you know there's something to be said for that being kind of sad yeah and you know in reading a bit about the movie's trivia and stuff on IMDb like there was, it, it it had a darker tone initially and it was sort of re-edited to play yeah. up the comedy a bit more, and I and I imagine that that aspect of it being somewhat sad, yeah, that was, you know, probably easier to 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 portray in a sort of a darker movie and how pathetic people can be with you know with their with their obsessions, and yeah, it's it's a downside, but it's kind of unavoidable, like. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to it's always tough to to walk the line because you do hear stories about those things like you know I watched Star Trek with my family it was the one hour a week where we weren't screaming at each other or you know I became a doctor because I saw the doctor on Star Trek and it really inspired me to get you know my life together and whatever but there is such a thing as taking it too far yeah to the point where it's debilitating like it, it's actively hurting you. Yeah. You know, you kind of become stunted in a way. And like, it's the line is different for everyone, but um, you can't help but look at some of them and just be like, you need to not get a life. That's the wrong way, but you need to let some of this go and not let it become your entire life. You know, I mean, yeah. I know almost everything there is to know about Star Trek. I'm still a functioning member of society. I can watch other movies, I can read other books, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I, I really have to wonder just how, and again, we've talked about this a lot because to me it's just fascinating, how few of us there are. You know, like, you know, I, I'm i fascinated when, when when I hear, like, stories about people who, who are, like, famous for one particular thing, like scientists who, you know, who were famous for discovering this or that in physics, you know, also believed in mole people living under the earth. Like, just like people who have weird, you know, to him, mole people. <laughs> yeah, or like you know, some you know, some 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 famous physicists who like who, who, who thought that birds were all were, you know were all fake. Like you know, it's something insane like that. And that's kind of what this was for 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 us growing up. Was it like this was a thing that we liked that not a single one of my friends, maybe one or two shared like almost nobody i knew engaged with this material and other things like the one or two friends i knew that were into this they were really into it they were they they were more hardcore nerd in the typical definition than i was not that i was the coolest kid in school but i you know i i was an athlete i was an actor i did other things like oh and i also happen to like star trek and also birds are all fake. Like it just like it, things that, you know, are sort of side niche things that you wouldn't have expected given everything else that I did with my time as a child and as a young adult. Um, 
And so, like, we're a little rare. I mean, walking around that convention, we, we were the we were the we, we were the oddballs wearing jeans. Like everybody else had a uniform on, and like we we stuck out like like sore thumbs or stood out like 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 uh, sore thumbs because we weren't dressed up. Like it was just strange, and you know. So that's not like an excuse, but at the same time, like I I I think the majority of people who who engage with this do so in that in that fashion. That can be debilitating if sort of left unchecked. And so it's easy, it's sort of like easy for us to say, why don't you people just be normal? Like, I think we, we're the lucky ones that get to like this and not be lunatics and talk about it endlessly, it, but also do so from yeah. a mature point of view. You know, it's fascinating to me in that it doesn't seem to do this with a lot of other things. Like, I know they have Doctor Who conventions and and video game things are big, but... This doesn't seem to have that kind of stuff for other things besides Star Trek, you know. I mean, Star the, Wars, maybe nowadays, but well, it's the only thing that's so specific. Like there, there have been comic book conventions, but the variety of of, of people in, engaged with comic books is vast because the kinds of comic books are, you know, are myriad. Um, and those are more like. I mean, you're meeting the creators and artists and things. You're like, you're not meeting actors. And people can go to those and say, like, I also make comics. Like, it's more of like a networking thing as well. I mean, real comic cons, you know, because right. that's something a lot of people can do. You can have more people drawing and making their own cartoons versus like, I made my own Star Trek fan film in my basement. Like, there aren't many people doing that. Well, so, and, and I think the the big thing is what you just said. Like you're meeting the creators, the person who like really put their heart and soul into something, and like you know the the conventions, you know, as far as the actors are concerned, they, they were just a vehicle to make money. They could make money right. doing an appearance, and you know some of them are really into it. I mean, John Delancey, God love him you know, was signing autographs when, when we were at the convention in New York years ago, not in the big room with all the security behind the desks. He was just there. He Like, he's a real fan's fan. Like, he wanted to meet everybody. He made that documentary about bronies years ago, these 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 young men that really get interested in, in My Little Pony, and he felt really bad that they were the, the subject of uh, of such scorn and ridicule, like you know, he's he's like a really good guy, John Delancey, and he's he he engages with people in a much, you know, more thorough way. Um, lost my train of thought. We're out with that with that one, but like, yeah, like oh, so like yeah, you, you you would go to the comic book conventions to meet the to meet the authors, and yeah, they would they wanted to sell their books, but they also could speak to them more. They could have dialogues with fans that. Spoke to what 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 exactly what we you know was going on with the creation of the art. Star Trek's different like that, and you know, like I guess there's video games or like or board game conventions and things like that. But again, the 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 interest point in those conventions is vast because there's so many different kinds of games or comics or whatever. But Star Trek is just about Star Trek, and yeah, some people like DS Nine more than. Voyager or whatever, but like you're still thrilled to meet an actor. You're still excited to you know to to engage with with people who are dressed up like you. 
You know, it's a singular sort of obsession for everybody involved. And, yeah, I don't think anything else is like that. There there are no Star Wars conventions like this. It doesn't... They don't exist. Not to this level. There, just, there couldn't because it was a, it was such a big deal, whereas our Star Trek right, was so really, niche. It's really ubiquitous now, so Star Trek's different than that. And so, I mean, I can't and, stress enough how, how it was not cool to be a nerd for the longest time. Yeah. It just wasn't, and it's, I always tell people that, and they're like, "Oh, I know." I'm like, no, you don't know. Okay, yeah. I got I got bullied like crazy for the things I liked. Yeah, like we didn't I, tell I people to shut we up. Like Star Trek. I learned to shut up about the things I like very quickly. Okay, that's why people are always surprised when they find out. Oh, you like that? Yeah, I do like that. No, I don't tell people because the reactions <laughs> were always bad. They were yeah. always bad. Yeah. So I always just kept that stuff to myself. You had to. And. What I found interesting was that, that, like, even when I met people who liked Star Trek, like, the the entry point was pretty unique too. Like, at least for you and I, like, we I couldn't have a dialogue with people about it. Like, our friend, uh, my friend Wes, who was who who was on uh, 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 the podcast about a year ago or so, like, he and I are of a similar, you know frame of frame of mind and you know you as well it's like we're talking about the storytelling and the writing or the characters or the acting and it's not that we don't get too much into the nerdy stuff and so we kind of stand apart from the rest of it a little bit and can look down on the people but yeah i wonder you know if if there's a voice that's just kind of being drowned out by the fact that this it's just funny you know to make fun of them and yeah, no, I don't know. It doesn't bother me, but I, you know, I, I, I wonder like what the what the hardcore fans thought of this, of this movie. Yeah, like specifically yeah, of the portrayal of the, you know, of the costumed fans in yeah. the story. I don't know, but it's a, it's, it's a good point. Yeah, it's just I mean, the rest of the movie is very funny, and I enjoyed it. Um, I think it suffers from horrendous special effects. Yeah, the blue a, screen. The blue screen was really bad. I mean, I know it was 1999 and all, but like, it looked like a crappy sci-fi TV show. You know, so like, there's the big moment where they send Tim Allen back to Earth through this like they put like the bubble on him and they shoot him through the black hole, and I'm just like, I know we're supposed to be in awe of this scene, but <laughs> it really doesn't look good. So yeah. that when he lands and he's like, "Wow, I really went through space. The whole thing was real." I was like, "Oh God, no, it didn't didn't look good, dude." Um, anything that you didn't like it besides that, like like anything else that was like, "Eh, that's not quite so." I uh, I love Tony Shalhoub, but I don't know what he was doing in this film. Yeah, I wondered that too. He didn't. He had an odd character. Yeah. Like he was like, sort of like not impressed by anything, and then he had like a moment, like where like they were like, you know, you can really do this. It was strange. It was like, well, they, well, they all have those moments, but his didn't feel good because when he gets on the ship, he's like so nonchalant about everything. Yeah, he's like, wow, cool aliens, and oh wow, like when we're in space, like whereas out all the rest of them are freaked out and they're they're nervous and they don't know what they're doing because. The aliens designed the ship just the way it was in the show. Like, oh, we built everything, modeling it the way that you do it. But they, you know, they all did it was fake. 
So they were like, we don't know what we were doing. It was doing hand motions or whatever. So they're all freaking out constantly throughout the film. Whereas Tony Shalhoub's just like, oh, this is a nice place to be. So I don't know if that just got cut or if they told him to change things or that it's, uh, he didn't really mesh with the rest of what was going on. It was just a little odd. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was bizarre. You know, and like he played like the very straight, like, oh, we're about to explode now. Like, and like, what is he doing? Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty weird. Um, um, but the, that that was the only kind of weird standout. I also didn't know I loved the voice that what's his name did. Like you 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 said his name before. I can't I can't ever pronounce his name. It was Enrico Enrico Colantoni? Colantoni. Yeah. Oh yeah. They said that he just the trivia just said that he was doing that on his own, and they thought it was so funny. They told them all to do that. But they don't all do it. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> like they're it's not some of them just talk normally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he's like um gonna talk like this now you know but like some of them just speak like they're regular people so yeah it was it was very strange but i mean does it hold up is is, is, is that a fair question to ask oh yeah i think so yeah i think so too i think it requires a little bit of uh of sort of background knowledge and you know familiarity with the subject, but yeah, for the most part, I think it it, it, it works out because these people still exist. It's it's still a pretty big phenomenon. Oh, I hear our thunder now over here. I'm just, oh yeah, it's yeah. a big storm tonight. Yeah, kind of crazy. Um, but with that said, I think we should wrap things up. And uh, I realized that I did not do the plug for the um. Uh, Jackass Forever movie on DVD, so I'm gonna have to insert that in, in post. So you can, uh, but when I do that, you'll have heard that there was uh, that this episode is brought to you by Jackass Forever on DVD from, I believe, Paramount Pictures. I have to check the ad copy. Um, but uh, stay tuned for some social for some social media posts about that coming soon. This is now my like scatterbrain going. Oh, we should wrap this up before like the storm knocks out the power in my house, and then we have to do this from scratch. So, um, don't want to do that. Yeah. So, if you guys have any thoughts out there about Galaxy Quest or Star Trek, whatever, you can let us know on Twitter and Instagram at Three Drinks in Pod. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. You can email us at Three Drinks in Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, uh, leave ratings and reviews, and don't forget to check out our merchandise store over at tpublic.com. Is that it? That's it. Okay, as always, please drink responsibly and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.